Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See, less than two weeks, we'll be flying to Penticton. Actually, we'll be flying to Kelowna, busing to Penticton for the upcoming rookie tournament as they get that going again after a couple of years dealing with the pandemic. And a guy looking to get it going, and he's already out at the downtown community arena. I was down there today to poke my head in and see who was on the ice. Uh, is Edmonton Oilers' first-round draft choice, uh, 14th overall from the 2020 draft, uh, I would say, and if you've heard the show for the last month, Perhaps the biggest wild card. It's all in front of him, but he's got to make the team because he's not going to be here as the 13th or 14th guy. He's going to be playing. So at this time, we're going to join our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. He's already got a lot of fans in Edmonton that are pretty bullish on him. Uh, It's going to be really intriguing to see how this year goes. We welcome back to the show Dylan Holloway. Hi, Dylan. It's Bob. How are you doing? Hey Bob, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. How uh, how's it how's the summer been for you, and how's it feel out there? You know, coming into town a little bit earlier and getting on the ice out of the downtown community arena the last couple of days. Yeah, you know, summer is good. Uh, it felt a little short, but really excited to be back in Edmonton. Uh, it's nice to be training with all the guys here and uh, just being on the ice. So uh, yeah, it's awesome. I'm excited for camp to start and uh, just enjoying my time in Edmonton. You know, you've had an interesting, I was of the belief, it was funny, I, I, Guy Godowski was my center uh, in mid-double-A in Edmonton. He's the head coach at Penn State. He texted me after you guys played him uh, when you were with Wisco, and he said, I think uh, Holloway, uh, he, he prefaced that with a term, uh, he said, I think Holloway just won 67 of 71 face-offs against us in the, two, in the two games. He goes, you guys might have a guy that can help your team for the playoff run. Like, he was pretty, you know, was pretty confident in you. And then you hurt your wrist. And I'm just, I'm wondering how much of a journey has it been? Uh, are we, you know, has it been one or two surgeries? And where's your comfort level and confidence level at as you head into this upcoming season? Yeah, well, the wrist injury is definitely something I wasn't expecting. Uh, ended up getting two surgeries on it. The first surgery didn't work out uh, too well, and then the second surgery I was out for about four and a half months just recovering and until I was able to play again. So it was a, it was a long process, but definitely really excited. It's uh, you know, it's it's not quite the same as it was. Like the range of motion isn't quite there, but uh, as far as strength and everything goes, it's there. And then uh, shooting now doesn't hurt. I remember last year, like 
I'd have to get my wrist taped up quite a bit to just, just be on the ice and shoot. But now shooting's not an issue, so uh, feeling pretty confident with it going into camp. So you're at a completely different because you were in town last year in in the like in in at this time like late August early September yeah and they actually shut you down right isn't that what happened yeah so I, I got the first surgery uh, last year in March I think it was and uh, it was supposed to be just like a like a four to six week recovery and I didn't think it was anything big and then um, the surgery didn't end up working out and then all summer it was kind of lingering around and then. Uh, we kept waiting because it showed signs of healing, and then it just never really felt, like healed fully. Uh, so this time last year, I was skating on it, but I wasn't allowed to shoot or anything. So I was able to like participate in some drills, like just some flow drills. And then, kind of when the game started at the end of practice, I wasn't allowed to participate. And then uh, eventually, I made the decision: I just need a second surgery. I need to get this thing uh, figured out. So as soon as the decision was to be made, there, I was, they told me, "Yeah, you're right." They kind of shut me down. They told me to like stop skating and everything. So I was just working out, and then I ended up getting my second surgery, and then. Um, the whole rehab process started from there. Okay, uh, you did get into a bunch of games last year in Bakersfield. Did you did you find that you were getting more comfortable with it, even though you were a little bit, to, you know, there was still some some pain in, in terms of you know when you'd snap the puck and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean to start, like I wasn't really too sure how it was, how it was going to go. There was still a lot of pain with it. And I think I was a little nervous about it just because it was uh, an injury that was lingering for so long. But towards the end of the season, I was doing rehab with it and uh, like still trying to make it better. And it did make some strides. So it wasn't hurting as much. And then when it didn't hurt as much, I was getting a little more confident on the ice too. So um, I, was, I was really happy with my time in Bakersfield. It was a lot of fun. And um, I did gain some confidence there. Uh, you ended up with 22 points in 33 games. I uh, I did a little bit of COVID rehab in Bakersfield. As you know, both myself and Cam Moon ended up uh, getting... We were the last two guys that traveled with the team to end up getting it and uh, got it in the second half of the year. So we both went into Bakersfield. You, but did you, felt, did you feel like, uh, Dylan, that you kind of elevated come playoff time with the Condors? Maybe that's when you played some of your best hockey? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I think uh, to start, obviously, it's a little bit of a jump, and then I hadn't been playing hockey for the whole first half, so it's a little different. And then, uh, But towards the end of the year, I was getting more confident. Um, I was always feeling good, but then the wrist started to come around a little bit, so I was able to like be harder on pucks and shoot shoot more and not think about it. So when playoffs rolled around, I was, I was feeling pretty good, and I felt that uh, I was playing a little bit better. How critical to what's going on in Bakersfield? You know, Keith Gretzky's down there a lot. In fact, this year, I think he's going to move there full-time this year. Uh, but the orders have, you know, Ken Holland's placed a real emphasis on on having the right structure in place in Bakersfield, and that includes not just having a management type there, and obviously Jay and Dave got uh, promoted up from the AHL, uh, but having good quality veterans too, and I think of guys like Brad Malone, how they, you know, last year had Cracknell there as well. Just how important have those guys been as sort of assisting the younger players in transitioning from uh, either junior or college to, to pro? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the best thing about Baker. So, like, our locker room was unbelievable. We had just so many good guys, so many good veteran players. Um, like, as soon as I, I, I joined, the, I joined the team halfway through the season. But as soon as I joined, I felt like I was part of the team. Like, the older guys were very welcoming, super nice. Uh, just the way they run it, they run the dressing room too. It's everybody, everybody has a voice, and everybody uh, feels comfortable in the room. So that was a massive part of the transition going into Bakersfield. We're joined right now by 2020 Oilers first-round draft choice Dylan Holloway, uh, who we've we've discussed. You know, in my mind, I look at you're you're coming in Edmonton here, you're, and I know you're going off to the rookie tournament in Penticton, but you're coming in Edmonton to make the Oilers, aren't you? From your perspective, yeah, yeah, that's the goal. All right, uh, what did getting into an NHL game? 
hey, not a lot of guys get it. Boom, you're thrown in there, third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, against uh, the Colorado Avalanche. What was that experience like for you in that game? Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty crazy. Kind of a crazy game to make my debut in, but uh, it was unbelievable. It was a great experience. I was so excited. It was it was unbelievable. It was just like crazy atmosphere. Like I'm, well, I was up like the like with the team practicing all the playoffs, so I could see the the energy and the atmosphere that Edmonton had and the buzz around the, the playoffs. And then to be a part of it on the ice was just incredible. So it was just like, it was a crazy, crazy experience. I wish we would have won that game, but um, it was just fun to be a part of. When was the last time you played a game before that game? Like, was it over three weeks? Over a month? Yeah, I think it was probably a month before. Yeah, I think a month before oh. we ended our season in Bakersfield. Then. Nothing, yeah. nothing like going against the fastest team in the league either, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they were pretty quick. It was, it was pretty uh, crazy watching from the bench and seeing guys like McKinnon and McCarr fly around. And 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 McDavid and you're I you were on the ice yeah. for the R&H goal, weren't you? I'm, I'm when, yeah, yeah. I stepped on the ice and it was just kind of in the neutral zone, and then uh, Nuge got the breakaway and made a nice goal. And uh, and you ended up getting a plus out of a result of that. We're joined right now by Dylan Holloway. <laughs> so you have the opportunity. So I got to ask you this: Are you like you know the lay of the land? Like you're part of the Oilers' future. The general manager places a real emphasis on retaining first round draft choices. And you know the Oilers. I put a tweet out, uh, Dylan. Edmonton is the only team in the NHL that has over the last ten years. They still have all you know all ten of their first round draft choices. No other team in the league can say that that they're all still property. Of the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club, you're you want to make the team. How closely are you watching to see who else they're signing and other potential moves that are getting made? Yeah, I mean, obviously you watch it um, and you like look into it a little bit. But the biggest thing is just to focus on yourself. At the end of the day, like if I don't if I don't perform well in camp or if I'm not getting better over the summer, that's uh, like that's what's going to make the difference for me. So I think the big thing is just focusing on myself and these next few weeks here leading up to camp. Just got to make sure I'm fresh and feeling good and uh, do whatever I can to make the team. You played a lot at center uh, in Wisconsin before the wrist injury and then the subsequent two wrist surgeries. Have you played almost exclusively at left wing since? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I, I know when I went to Bakersfield last year, the, the wrist is still kind of an issue, so taking draws, I couldn't do that. But, um, I mean, now like I, I think I'm slotted in as a winger, but uh, wherever wherever the coach, and either in Bakersfield or Edmonton, feels comfortable, uh, I can play either center or wing. Okay, because, I mean, I would see, I mean, you know the lay of the land. If you can play center, you can always move to the wing from center, but if you can mm-hmm. play center and win draws and you want a lot of draw, I think you had the second or third best face-off percentage in NCAA. That's a huge factor. So, so tell me this, one final one for you. Dylan Holloway makes the Edmonton Oilers if he does what? What do you what do you have to do uh, to to put yourself in the best position to make the hockey team? I think the biggest thing is just to let my skating uh, kind of like t- I don't know not not take over per se, but use my skating to my advantage. And then a big thing too is just to play physical. I know uh, uh, the Oilers' top six is going to be very hard to crack. So if I can play a, a physical like hard forechecking role uh, in the bottom six, then uh, I feel like that role could be. Uh, beneficial so i think the big thing for me is just to play my game play fast and play physical dylan we'll see you on the plane headed to Kelowna in a couple weeks thanks for your time yeah sounds good bob thank you you bet that is dylan holloway of the uh, edmonton Oilers organization and again for me and i'm going to bring brendan escott into the conversation point here uh for me i mean there's he's a mature sounding guy he's gone through I'm going to tell you, I had this discussion internally with people in the Oilers management that I felt Holloway could have been a potential addition 
for the 2021 playoffs had he stayed healthy the way he was trending and tracking uh, with Wisconsin the second half that year and then he ended up you know busting his wrist and uh, and requiring the, the two surgeries biggest wild card really well spoken guy I think it's going to be he's going to be an incredibly compelling and interesting player to watch Brendan here in preseason Certainly is. He's got the, the that combo, size and speed. And, and when you see a player that sort of understands that and wants to utilize that as a tool, well, now we're talking. You get a player in on an entry-level deal that wants to do that, and now we're really talking, right? Yeah, so like there's, he, there's a lot to this. Like, he recognizes he's going to have to bring a physical impetus to his game. That's also that's a smart guy because he realizes the Oilers – don't necessarily have an overabundance of that. Like people have said, you know, I, I know Jake Vertanen's out there. Could he come in on a PTO? There is a player today that uh, announced PTO. Tyler Pitlick just got announced. Right? Was it St. Louis? I'm trying to think of where I saw it. Uh, Tyler Pitlick is going to go in on a on a PTO in the National Hockey League. Fourth line right wing energy guy can kill penalties. The Oilers are hoping that Dylan Holloway has a way higher offensive ceiling. Now that said, you know Tyler Pitlick was in the Oilers' uh, second, the first of three second-round picks back in the 2010 draft. We were in Los Angeles that year. That's year Taylor Hall went number one. Pitlick was the first pick of the second round. Uh, had left Mankato and went to the uh, Medicine Hat uh, Tigers of the Western Hockey League. Uh, the Oilers ended up picking up in a. They already had another number two, and then they got a subsequent number two when they flipped Riley Nash. They ended up getting Curtis Hamilton and Martin Marincin, also in the second round of that 2010 draft. They got Martindale that year in the third uh, third round. He played on the line with Tyler Toffoli with the Ottawa 67s. So, anyways, just circling back, like to me, Holloway, it's it's because of the skating and if and the, and the physicality. There's, I, I'd say that Yanmark has made it more challenging in the short term for him to make the team, but never say never. Now, the wild card in all of this is, does something potentially happen with a Fogler or Pugliarvi before the start of training camp? Uh, I mean, I was a little bit surprised. Like, I was a little bit surprised to see the Kulikov deal with Anaheim yesterday. That one kind of caught me off guard there. It's like, hmm, that's kind of like... So Anaheim's just taking the contract for the second. And, and I thought Kulikov was part of the success story for Minnesota during the course of last. They got big mileage out of their veteran D with general manager Bill Guerin. All right, Royal Pizza. Pizza Pass is so much more Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years for a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or uh, download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staff recommendation uh, at the... Uh, at Royal Pizza's Mediterranean Chicken. Brendan likes the Texan, and Reed Wilkins is a fan of the meat lovers. We will tell you, not just with 15 Edmonton and area locations, Royal Pizza, but four in Calgary as well. Royal Pizza, everything's real at Royal. None of that synthetic crap. It's old school, big boy pizza. Uh, Al says, Bob, uh, Cattery will slash Holloway's wrist and he will be done. That's a little bit of a negative perspective to have. And Will has texted us to say, Bob, Patrick Kane is available now. Oilers GM should do the deal to bolster the offense as it wins a cup. An elite scorer with Connor would be fun and exciting. As for the solid defender we desperately need, 
potentially we have them in the system. See how that turns out. Uh, we already may have them already. If we don't, time uh, time will tell. Then we acquire one before uh, the trade deadline. Simple as that. Get it done and don't worry about the D. Well, I actually think there's a strong possibility that the Oilers will sign a seventh defenseman with veteran experience and a guy capable of playing as high as five in the lineup. So it's not going to just be a guy, um, you know, that, that's sort of a seventh man. I, I think it's a guy that spent maybe until the last calendar year a lot of time in an organization sort of top five defenseman sort of sliding between second and third pairing role. I think there's a possibility we might see a guy like that get signed over the next, say, five or six days. Uh, to add to the team. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing somebody come in on a PTO as well up front, but I could see the Oilers adding a defenseman at some stage. Uh, when we come back, we are going to get to this day in Oilers history, and Brendan Escott's going to have a little bit of a conversation point with the Edmonton Elks roster, which seems to change every day. This is Oilers now. Brendan, did you look up this day in, Oiler, or this day in music history today? <laughs> no, did I get lucky on something? You here? did just now. Right did on. you know that you U uh, two's first album that they ever launched in 1979 came out on this date? 1979. Yeah, I can't even. I think it was something 183 or something was the, the name of the album. Yeah, seriously. And they hit the mainstream in what the mid or late 80s was the Joshua Tree. Yeah, Joshua Tree was um, like January of 86. Hmm. Yeah. So they had, like, they had, uh, I think if I got the order right, uh, Boy, and then October and Unforgettable Fire uh, were, like, sort of the three. They played, like, Dinwiddie at the U of A in the early 1980s. All right, uh, to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, uh, shortly we're going to have a couple of Oilers now road trips to tell you about. We have two, one involving a trade. Here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, the Oilers uh, flipping Craig Simpson to the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for Joseph Searney and a fourth rounder in the 1994 draft. Searney played just one NHL game, spending two seasons down in Cape Breton in the AHL before departing for Europe. Simpson played parts of two years in Buffalo and then retired. And also on this date, uh, born back in September 1st, 1954, so what would that make him, 46 and add uh, 22, 68 years of age today, uh, Edmonton uh, Oilers alum Dave Lumley, who scored empty neck goals in Edmonton's clinching game against the Montreal Canadiens in 1981, as well as against the New York Islanders in 1984. He also had a 32-goal season. Didn't he have like a 12-game goal or 11-game goal scoring streak uh, during that stretch? A uh, couple-time 20-goal score, sort of a, a third-line uh, energy winger that had a little bit of bite in his game. Has a little bit of bite in his personality. Always a, a fun guy to have a conversation with. Dave Lumley. All right. Uh, inside Sports Night with Reed Wilkins. What's shaking? Uh, a lot. Oilers legend Kevin Lowe. Elks play-by-play voice here on Chad Morley Scott. Local Edmonton boxer uh, Jelena Mergenovic. And you can learn more about the World Dodgeball Championships in our city this weekend. Now, are we going to get like some special guys showing up? What, what was the movie about dodgeball? Was that, that, was that, a, that was a great movie. That's a great movie, you yeah. know. And Ben Stiller was in that. Yeah. And biggest USC football fan alive. Come on, man. You know who it is. Funniest guy going. What, Vince Vaughn? No. <laughs> no. Uh, what's his face? Somebody help me out here. I forgot his name. He's like, he was in old school. 
Seth Rogen. No, no, no. Uh, Forget it. Someone's going to yell at us on the text yes, line right here. Do- dodgeball and uh, dodgeball, old school, you know, USC. Will Farrell, thank you very much, Texters. Wow. I thank you. I mean, holy! I, how could I forget Wolf? Did Will you know he used Farrell? to just show? Yeah, he used to just show up at uh, uh, US. Uh, yeah, he used to show up at like USC football practice when Pete Carroll was coaching them back in the day, all the time. Tomorrow for the horses and horse racing Alberta live racing at Century Mile on Friday nights and Saturdays. You can check it out at thehorses.com. Mark Spector will join us, former Edmonton Oilers player and coach, current head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. They've announced their new recruiting class, Ian Herbers. And one of my two radio play-by-play partners, Jack Michaels, will make an appearance. There you go. Coming up next, we are going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Christina Drapeau. We'll have Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 and then 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jaylen Nye. Come on, boys. I want a spot on the show now. That texter comes in. We got guys from the first hour. How do I get in? How do I? We might do that one week, maybe in the summer. Have some guys roll in. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Christina Drapo. Back at you tomorrow on Oilers Now.